Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, saints and inks, welcome to the podcast for the 864th Engineer Battalion Unit Bible Study. Y'all know me. My name is Chaplain Kevin Benton Jr. Thank you for listening, and you can hear us wherever you can get your podcast. Please remember to rate our podcast, review it, and please give us five stars. If you give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe that you are a hater and the chaplain is praying for you. And now, with no further delay, here is the recording of our most recent unit Bible study. All right, so here we go. We are in, um, last week we finished what? Genesis 6, or we started in Genesis 6, and we were talking about the sons of God and the Nephilim, uh, incredibly interesting conversation. So today we're back in uh, Genesis 6, so let's go ahead and uh, pick it up there. Everybody got the Bibles and everything? So let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for uh, everybody that's gathered here today. So good to see everyone again. So good. Thank you for bringing us on ground back safely. Uh, pray that you bless us in our Bible study today. Uh, bless those that are catching online during the podcast. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So who wrote the book of John? I mean, I'll, look, I'm, I'm mixing it up. Who wrote the book of Genesis? Yes, yes. Moses wrote the book of Genesis. Absolutely. All right. So uh, what caused him to write the book of Genesis? What was the occasion or anything? What was going on? Second, historical and It's a historical and theological book, absolutely. So what does it mean, Jonesy, when it says it's historical? Break that down for me. How is Genesis historical? Yes, right, talks about stuff from the past, particularly what thing from the way, 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 way distant past. What's Genesis start off telling us about? Creation. Creation, yeah. very good. So it tells us the history of creation, um, but also the history of what people? God's people who are the, the say again? Hebrews. The Hebrews or the Jews. Very good. All right. Outstanding. So it's historical and it's theological in that its purpose is not just to tell us about the Jews or just about creation, but how all of those things fit into God's plan. Everybody tracking so far? All right. So when was it written? 1400s. Absolutely. All right. And where? Do we know where they were um, when uh, all of this was taking place? Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, absolutely, all right. And then there are some um, some uh, writings I've been reading. I'm reading this book called uh, Against the Gods, so I want to kind of pause for this one. And so it talks about, anybody ever heard of a polemic before? P-O-L-E-M-I-C? Okay, I had heard the word before, but I really didn't have a great understanding of what it meant. So a polemic is like when you write against someone. Um, so something is out there and it says something and you write a polemic uh, or rebuttal, something like that uh, that kind of tackles a particular subject. And so I'm learning that um, Genesis was written, of course, for all the reasons that we talked about, but the Old Testament, a lot of the content of the Old Testament was written to counter um, claims that had been made um, by other pagan nations. So, um, for instance, even uh, the, the uh, creation story, the flood story, the sons of God story um, that we just covered last week, there were other flood narratives that were floating around in the world by the Babylonians, Sumerians, and this other, it was about 10 different um, other people that had flood stories. So obviously a flood happened, and so everyone has now created this narrative of why the flood happened, how it happened, and who was involved. A lot of similarities with the Old Testament narrative, and so God, uh, he inspires Moses and, and, uh, you know, to write so that people understand what the real reason was 
was for the flood and so that they don't go around believing these stories that have been put forth by these pagan nations. Anybody other than me ever heard stories like, like oh, the Bible is stolen from other uh, pagan nation stories and different things like that? So it's, there's no truth to that, but there, it, there is truth in the fact that other pagan nations, other, other nations had stories that are similar to the Bible. So even though the Bible may have been written after those stories, it's written to counter what was already out there written by other people. Does that make sense? All right. So uh, I thought that was interesting to kind of bring out. All right, and so uh, the last one, why, what, um, what was the purpose of Genesis um, being written? Jones, you kind of already covered it, that's why you're looking at me like, yeah, you already said it, it's historical and theological. Anybody want to add anything to that? Nope, okay, I'm going to need y'all to get y'all papers again, man, y'all. I can believe it right in my room. Say again. That's okay. All right. Well, pass, pass these around to, uh, for everybody. To I'm going to turn it back in. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's going to be my third paper then. Okay. <laughs> All right. So everybody go ahead and open up your uh, Bibles to Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to uh, pick up there. All right. Different um, theories of uh, how those were built. Everybody tracking so far? All right, so 
we kind of left off, um, um, we really didn't get too far in there because we talked about um, how all of this stuff began to upset God and how God was protecting the lineage that Jesus Christ would come through. And he's getting upset now because all of this wickedness is happening in the world and it's beginning to upset God. So let's pick up with verse 5 and let's see if we can um, read from there. Um, uh, Sergeant Brown, would you pick, uh, start with verse 5 for me, please? The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on earth, and he saw that everything that he thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. So in your own words, what is God looking at? You know, what is going on in his mind that makes him this upset? What do you think? All the wretchedness on earth. Yeah, absolutely. All the wretchedness on earth. And specifically, what, what do you think um, are the kind of things that were happening? Um, obviously, we already talked about the angels mating with human women. What else do you think was uh, going on? What's the, what's the picture you see in your mind when you read those verses? against each other. That's absolutely very good. Anybody else got anything you want to add to that? Worshipping idols other than God. Yeah, worshipping idols. It, it, um, even, if it, even if it wasn't physical idols, just not worshipping God, you know, not acknowledging the creator, um, you know, and different things like that. Now, the big question is, we know all of this wickedness is happening, and I love the way um, I really believe that the Bible is intentionally specific in everything that it writes. So watch what it says there. Uh, my version says human wickedness was widespread on the earth. And watch what it says. Every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. That, that's saying a whole lot, isn't it? It's like, man, you we don't never think about doing good. You know, like, we don't never have no moment where you just, you know, what what was going on? And we kind of want to get give the answer away. But um, why is all of this taking place? What has caused wickedness and evil to spread like this throughout people in the earth? What, what is the thing that it leads back to that caused all of this? Well, y'all jumped on that one, didn't you? Okay, all right, go ahead. Say, say again. Adam and Eve. Okay, give me a little bit more. The Nephilim. The Nephilim, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I was the Say again. The fallen Okay, good. All right, anything else? No, y'all are right on it. I just, I didn't want to catch y'all Y'all was on a roll. But Brady was like, what now? What else? <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's the fallen angels. So imagine now, um, and I really try to stress this because I hope even after I leave that anytime y'all hear a preacher and you read the Bible that these words ring in your ears. Like God is, he's relational. He's concerned with family. So imagine now how God feels and he's a relationship-oriented um, God and not only his uh, his human family is acting a fool, disobeying him, being evil, uh, killing each other. You know, Cain and killed his brother Abel. All this other good stuff is going on, and not only your human family is acting a fool, but then the angels that you created are acting a fool. So both of his families in heaven and in earth are disobeying him, and you know, causing all of this wickedness and different things like that to spread through the earth. 
I think what the Bible is trying to do is paint a picture of what sin is and how bad sin is. When it's left unchecked, this is what will happen. Human wickedness will just, it doesn't get better when we're left to our own. Does that make sense? So if God just leaves it out there, this is what happens in the world when God just steps back and says, okay, I'm going to let human beings do them. It's showing us the result of sin when it's unchecked. Does that make sense? All right. Um, so let, let's have an honest conversation. Does this make, does it, does it seem wrong to you at all? Like morally wrong? Like God took it too far? I want to hear your, your honest thoughts on that. You know, like wiping off the whole planet. You know, uh, and everything like that because sin is so bad. What, do, what are your, your thoughts on that? Because there are a lot of people that will look at texts like this and be like, yo, like, you know. I mean, you make them. <laughs> Brown says she hope it's not the water because she can't swim. I'm so serious, <laughs> yeah. y'all. I hate even float. <laughs> Abreu, what were you about to say? Sergeant Abreu, I'm sorry. I mean, he made us, right? But he can't do that. Doesn't he have the right to? Yeah. He wants to. Yeah. I mean, but he, I don't think, I don't think it's kind of fair that he's gonna wipe out everybody. Cause some of us not doing nothing wrong. Okay. Some of us just good, and then you got, you got the liars, you got the cheaters, you got the killers, you got the thieves. Mm -hmm. But I'm not that. Okay. So why would I? Why would you take me out too? So and so, so how would you respond to that? Go ahead. Well, in that regard, God did give him a chance, and we know it was good in the heart where before he like flooded, he uh, he. Knows like asking people like, hey, do you want to help like build? And everybody's just like, no, we ain't helping you. Like you a fool. So he did okay. give an opportunity to like save themselves. That's a good point. We hadn't got to that point in the text yet, but you're absolutely right. Now, um, since he kind of got ahead of us, and you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. But imagine what it is—the picture that God is painting here, where it says, you know, every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. So even though Noah is preaching for 120 years or however long it took him to build the ark, he's telling people, hey, God's judgment is coming. All of this stuff is coming. He's going to wipe out the earth, repent, do all this other good stuff. But if their mind is evil all the time, were they listening? No. And it's not in them to listen. You know, like it's the, um, they are naughty by, by nature. So in their nature, there's nothing. And, and I think this is the point where God is trying to get us to see if God doesn't intervene and put it into our hearts to do good, we are incapable of doing good. So anything that is in us that is good, as Ariana Brown, Ariana Brown says, if there is anything that's good in us, it's because God has put it there. That if God steps back and just says, hey, um, I'm going to leave everything the way it is, and he doesn't intervene, then we, will all, we would all continue to be naughty by nature, and we're going to do naughty things. So it's like, uh, I use this example all the time, a snake. When a snake comes out, does it have to bite somebody to be a predator? No. Does it have to bite somebody to be poisonous? No, it's a predator the moment it comes out of, I don't know if you call it a wound, a sack, or whatever it is, but the moment a snake is birthed out, it's poisonous, it's a predator, it's a hunter, that is its nature, and it's the same thing with human beings. And we, a lot of times we grow up thinking something that the Bible doesn't teach, which is that people come into the world naturally good. And I think this is what God is trying to demonstrate to us. It's like, no, ever since uh, you know they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they come into the world naughty. Does that make sense? All right, so let's keep going. Sorry, Edwards. Uh, we'll pick up from there, please. Yeah, um, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was just a man and perfect in his generation. And 
Noah walked with God. So let, let's pause right there. So last week we did cover that verse, and we, we talked about how all of this stuff is going on in earth. What did the Bible, uh, anybody remember when it says Noah was blameless among his contemporaries? My version says, what was it talking about as it refers to the bloodline of Noah? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. She used the big church word to fornicate, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. But yes, Noah, I think the text is definitely trying to demonstrate to us that not only was Noah a righteous man, but he also did not have any of the contaminated blood in his bloodline um, and everything. And so imagine again, uh, last week we talked about how it was actually a brilliant strategy by the enemy to try to contaminate the bloodline of a woman that would eventually Jesus Christ, but God uh, understood, and he, you know, you're not going to outsmart God. Sometimes I wonder what it's like to be the devil. It's like, dude, you, you do know that that's God, right? Like, you, you, you really believe that at, at some point you're going to outthink him? Like, you know, uh, but, you know, nevertheless. All right. Um, so, Noah walked with God. What does that mean to you? He obeyed God. I love it. Okay. What else? Listening and learning. I love it. Okay. Anybody else? Obviously, it doesn't mean that he, like, walked down the streets <laughs> of God and everything like that. But So what do you think that, uh, what is it symbolizing? What is it talking? Everything y'all said is right. I just want to hear it a little bit more. Say again? Teacher and the student. I love it. Okay. Anybody else? Follow his steps, maybe? Good. Follow his steps. Um, why do you think it's significant? that the Bible, uh, so when I think of like walked with God, I think of like relationship, you know, you walking with someone, you're, you're step, you know, um, matter of fact, uh, man, it's, it's so crazy, when we march, we marching in step together, you know, so when one, the cadence calling, y'all know I love my cadence, you know, so when the cadence caller calls out, <laughs> when the cadence caller calls out the step, they, you know, they say left, right, you know, let, get in step, and I think that that's what the Bible is talking about, it's like Noah, Walked with God. He was in step with God. Whatever God told him to do, that's what he was telling um, that he was telling him to do. Why do you think that's so significant that the text points? So it's drawing a contrast. Noah walked with God while everybody else was doing what? Being ratchet. Being ratchet. And then there ain't no better way to say it. So, you know, uh, and so uh, how hard do you think it was for Noah to be righteous and blameless and walk with God when everyone around him? Saying, you know, we're we're you know we're here making an, an intentional effort 
um, and everything. But we're surrounded um, and outnumbered, let's be honest, you know, especially in the military, you know, um, with, there will always be more people that are doing wrong than there are doing right. You know, and sometimes we may be in the minority, um, but being in the minority might get you saved and not, you know, left behind when the door closes. So let's keep going. All right, go ahead, Bizarre. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Yep. <laughs> the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before thee, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So it didn't just say that the earth contained wickedness or that the earth contained, um, uh, you know, violence. What did it say that it was? Corrupted. No, that was a word that he used. It said it was filled with it. And then notice it said it more than one time. Did you see that? It says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness. The end of that, um, it talked about, for the earth is filled with wickedness again because of them. So God, again, the Bible, any, especially anytime you see it repeating itself, it's doing so to paint a picture for us. Like, hey, it's like this, this cup wasn't just having a little bit of Coke in it. I made sure that drink was filled when I got my cup, you know, and that's what, yeah, two cups. Thank you for letting everybody know now I'm the on my podcast. <laughs> Nevertheless, Jonesy, pick up from there so we can uh, move on from my soda drink. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18 inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the doors on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Keep on. Yeah, keep going. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I will confirm my covenant. Covenant. Covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your son and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. All right, uh, so Brian got a question, go for it. So he put two mosquitoes on there too. So that was, it was interesting. So serious. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Ain't no way. <laughs> so uh, and I think, did we get to the part where it talked about so yet, but it, it talks about how Noah didn't have to go get the animals, that the animals came to him. So yeah. when it says that there were uh, two of every kind of animal, I don't think that the text is specifying like every single kind of animal, um, every species. I think it's saying like, uh, like dogs and wolves and all that stuff can be in the same kind or same family. Um, you know, I think it's kind of a text in that. So some of the information I was looking at last night and even last week was talking about even if it did, um, there, a lot of these animals are not that that big, you know, um, and all this other stuff. <laughs> but, um, you know, so there would have been 18,000 was the number that I pretty much uh, uh, was seen 18,000 different animals um, that all still could have fit inside the ark. And if you look at the dimensions, when it talks about 450 feet long, that's actually like longer than a football field. So this was a long, you know, thing uh, and everything like that. 450 feet, what did it, what did it say? <clears throat> 
450 feet long, 75 feet high, and 45 uh, and, and, and 45 feet high. So this thing was it was gigantic. Anybody ever been down or seen the pictures of the life-size ark that they have in uh, St. Louis? I haven't been there, but my mom or my mother-in-law and her parents. Yeah, they they been to it. Yeah, I, I want to go. Say again. Yeah, I think it's a, it's 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 St. Louis. Somebody Google it for me real quick, but uh, it's called the Ark Experience. Um, Y'all don't have to. Oh, it's like an. Ark. It's not like the Ark. It's like just not like. No, it's an Ark. No, oh, that's the St. Louis Arch. That's the Ark. Yeah, that's it. You guys just said the Ark. That's the It's called the Ark Encounter. I think it is. Where are you thinking about the There is an Ark. It's in Kentucky. I'm sorry. It's in Kentucky. Um, oh, that's gonna. Yes, yeah, it's, it's in uh, Williamstown, uh, Kentucky. Um, but it's near, yeah. But I, I went and visited something in, I think, St. Louis or something. Anyway, um, but I, I, I tried to get there, and when I found out, I was sitting in Dave and Buster's, and somebody was on Facebook was like, are you going to go by and check out the Ark? And I was like, where is it? And then I looked and Googled, it was like 45 minutes away, but it was closing in like 45 minutes. So I jumped in the car, trying to rush and get there and all that stuff, and you know, every traffic jam, I'm just mad and I don't know what, but I missed it, and it's so far off the road that you can't even see it, obviously, because they don't want, you know, non-paying people to just pass by it all the time, but that's on my bucket list of, uh, of things oh, to go. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty huge. Yeah, 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 so he's, you know, he's got to say. Can you get inside? Say again? Can you go inside? Yeah, yeah, they built it to the dimensions that um, it specifies in the scriptures and everything like that. So I definitely want to go just to kind of see, um, you know, see what it looks like. So um, the art, yeah, it's huge. It's, it's freaking huge. So, okay. So we talked about, we are always talking about how everything in the Bible, every story, every feast, every holiday is all pointing towards who? Jesus, exactly. So how does, draw me some parallels between the ark and Jesus. What could the Bible be trying to tell us? What do you think? What was the ark created to do? Save, save, save who? Save uh, the good Yeah. Save everything. Okay. All right. Save them from what was going on in the world at that time that God was saving them from? Sin. Evil. Sin, wickedness, evil, exactly. And Jesus Christ comes to do what? Save. Save, save people from? From sin, exactly. So uh, everybody that was in the ark is saved. Everybody that is believing in Jesus Christ is saved. So you see how the Bible, again, all of this stuff is all pointing towards Jesus Christ. Everything in the scriptures is always pointing towards him. They're not just telling us individual stories. Remember, it's historical and theological. Now you see it? All right, so again, this is being um, very intentional. Yes, yeah, that makes sense because if you consider like what you just said. Yeah. That the animals came to the ark. They didn't have to go find them. They came to us. And if Jesus is supposed, if Jesus is supposed to symbolize the ark, in order to be saved, we have to come to Jesus. I like it. I don't know. I ain't even think of that one. That was pretty deep right there, bro. Uh, that, see, that's why the Lord sent him back from wherever he had been. <laughs> he couldn't hold you down. I man. couldn't think earlier. I was out of breath. I can't yeah, it, you did. You were thinking on it now. No, your thinking cap is on, and now I thought I walked up and missed more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jonesy, you just finished, right? Mm -hmm. All right, pick up for us, uh, uh, Flores, uh, chapter seven. Chapter seven. Uh huh. Okay. Then the Lord said to Noah, "Come into the ark, 
you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. <clears throat> Keep going. Yeah, down to verse 6. You shall take with you seven of each, seven of each of every clean animal, a male and his female. Two of each animals that are unclean, a male and his female. Also seven each of birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth forty days and forty nights. And I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. All right, Big Sarge, would you uh, continue down there to verse 10? Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean, and of birds and everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. All right, good stuff. Uh, I'm ready. Pick up from there. Are we on 17? Uh, 11. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> My phone was loading. Okay. Uh, when Noah was 600 years old, on the 17th day of the second month, all the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. So important point there. Did you notice what the Bible just said? So we talked about how it wasn't just the rain that came from the sky, but where else did water come from? Ground. From the ground. And remember we talked about before, the Bible had talked about how there was no what in the earth? Rain. There was no rain in the earth. So we, we most people believe that it had not rained at that particular time before Noah, the, uh, God has you know, told Noah to build an ark and there's no no rain, you know. So imagine, not only is he preaching to people who are already evil and wicked and doing whatever they want to do, but now you know you already preaching to me. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. Now you're telling me it's gonna rain, and I ain't, you know, I ain't never seen no rain before. And God's gonna flood the earth. They're probably looking at Noah like he, you know, crazy. So imagine what it's like to be him, to know the truth, and to see all of these people that he has, he knows, and I'm sure some of them he had relationship with. We don't know if he built the ark all by himself or if he hired other people to do it, but I was listening to some guy last night who was talking like, imagine what it's like if, uh, if Noah hired you to help build the ark, and then you build the ark, and then you get left behind, and you, you watch the ark sail away, and you help build it. You know, it's just, you know, they'll take the money, but won't, um, what the money is going toward, they'll miss out. You know, pretty amazing, you know, so all of their, their friends and co-workers, you know, people that they've done, you know, parts of life with now, you know, they're going to watch them all be destroyed. You know, so it's 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 a it's a sad story. And even though we understand God's purpose in it, we never want to divorce ourselves from the very real feelings and emotions um, and, and experiences of the people who are actually living this out. Does it make sense?
they're not really taking it in and understanding. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's important for us to remember that the reason that people aren't listening is because they're naughty by one, their nature. And so there is a part of us that says, hey, we want um, to preach to people, but we also um, want to be mindful that if God doesn't put it in their hearts to hear it, then it's, it's impossible for them to receive what's being said. Because it's, it's like telling a, um, a snake, you know, hey, don't be poisonous. Come in and, you know, get this poison out of you and everything. They're born like that. And here's the thing. People, let's, let's be real. Can we be real for a second? People enjoy sin. You know, it's not like we out there, we were just out there clubbing, drinking, smoking, sexing, and all that stuff, and we just hated it. No, we enjoyed it, you know. Like some of us, every now and then, we still enjoy it, you know. It's just, you know, so it's it's not as if this is something we're telling people, hey, stop doing something that is driving you crazy. We're asking them to avoid doing something because the long-term, not just long-term, but the eternal benefits of it outweigh the temporary satisfaction that we get in the moment. Does that make sense? All right. Can I add something? I, I feel like it's like the human, the folks said that we just, we don't want to do good. We have to fight to do good. That, that we just, we don't want to go to church. Yeah. It's just, it's like, are the folks said. Yeah. So there has to be someone to to teach us so we can, so we can go to yeah, church. Yeah, that, that, so, that is so profound, man. It is it is our default. I'm going to preach that. I promise you. I might use that on Sunday. If y'all hear me say default setting on Sunday, make sure I give credit to Flores. But it, it is our default setting to that. That's really good, man. It's our default setting to be wicked. And without um, God's help, we will always go back to default. So one of the points that I made on Sunday was about how it's not about trying harder, but trusting deeper. Despite our best efforts, a snake is going to be a snake. And unless something from the outside comes in and changes that snake's nature, then that snake is going to be a snake. And that's why the Bible, when Jesus was coming, he used this metaphor and he said, hey, if you're going to be my disciple, you got to be born what? Uh, I'm sorry. Born again. Because if the first time you're born, you're born with a what kind of nature? A naughty by nature. So we can't be in Jesus and be in relationship with him with a naughty nature. So he tells people, hey, you have to be born again with a new nature. Does that make sense? Good stuff. Really good for us. Good stuff. All right. Um, go ahead and pick up where, um, where, you, where we were. I think it's verse 12. Water in the earth that the boat went how high above it? 22 feet. 22 feet. 
it's a lot of water. Yeah, you, you probably wasn't gonna swim in that one. Right? <laughs> Keep going, Bree. All the living things on earth die. Birds, birds, domestic animals, wild animals, small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the people. Everything that breathes and lives on dry land dies. God wiped out every living thing on the earth, people, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground and the birds of the sky. All were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those with him in the boat. And the flood flood waters covered the earth for 150 days. So I think it's um good to note, did we read a verse in here where it says that Noah told other people to get into the ark? No. Oh wait, I wasn't here. Say again? Did people actually get on the ark? No. Like people that were not meant to be saved. No, I mean, I saw the movies and everything like that right. too, but we just read the story, you know, verse by verse and everything. There's not a verse in here that says that God told Noah to preach to the people. All he said was, go into the boat with your family for among all the people of the earth. Yeah. One, so what, what does that do? We, God made up his mind. What did he say he was going to do in the very beginning of the story? What did God say he was going to do? He said he's gonna wipe everybody off the planet. So why would he then go and tell uh, Noah, "Hey, go preach to the people and everything like that"? God understood, and again, He painted the picture over and over again. People are filled with wickedness. They're doing everything that they can imagine. You know, you know, there was none righteous in the earth other than Noah. God is like, hey, even if you preach to them, God understands the the depth of sin. Is He understands they're not. You, you can preach to them all you want to. They're not going to listen. Exactly. Wait, what about their wives? Who's, who's wives? They, the sons they, wives. they did. Yes. Remember that, that verse? Yeah, no, they are, but are, aren't they like none by nature? Because they're not from the, the divine line. Oh, so they're <laughs> not from. So are they? No, that's good. So they were, they, they, um. Did we really get saved? Say again? <laughs> so, but who are they, who are they related to? Oh, we don't know. Say again? They just said wives. No, they were Noah's son's wives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. So Noah. But what about the uh, like the little babies and stuff that's all in it? He just said, forget the baby suit. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so God understands. No, I, I want to make sure I get everybody's questions in there and everything like that. So God understands who are those babies going to be raised by? So if you put a baby, if you put a baby snake, if you put a baby snake on a boat, what's it gonna still be when it grows up? Snake. Snake. So God is understanding now. It's not as if God has no heart. He's looking at the bigger oh picture and understanding that some of those have the bloodline or may have been offspring of the People, not just the naughty by nature, everybody's naughty by nature, but of those sons of God who came down. So he's protecting the eternal future of everyone. So now there is, and I'm going to come right to your question there. Now there is, um, there's, there's one thing a bishop, uh, one of my old pastors would tell me is where the Bible is silent, we should be silent. So when it comes to the eternal destiny 
of like babies and you know people like that or foreign nations who have never heard the name of God before, you know, just different stuff like that. The Bible does not explicitly talk about those people. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? So the only thing that we know is the character of God. And so this is one of those things where it comes to, hey, what's going to happen? What did happen? I trust in God's character that in his infinite eternal wisdom, he knows how to deal with things. Does that make sense? Um, you know, so he can see the future. There is no definitive answer in the scriptures as to what happens, um, except for those people. We know that they all they all die. Now, does that mean that their eternal destiny to every single one of those people was going to hell that was a baby? We don't know. And so we don't want to speculate where there is no clear guidance from the scripture. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So, Ryan, did you have a question? Um, so, so he just uh, just assumed that since the babies were like newborns or toddlers or whatever, that they were already in having evil nature. But I, did he didn't feel like he can just teach them? Is it an assumption? So two questions. It's a very, very, how about I say a really stupid big word. Um, very real, authentic question. Um, and I want to honor the sincerity of the question. So what does the scripture absolutely tell us about the nature of the, everyone that was in the earth? Say again. <laughs> no, they, they were all raptured. So and it, it, again. I believe that it was intentional about uh, the multiple times where it talks about human wickedness was widespread on the earth and every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. The earth was corrupt within God's sight and filled with wickedness. It didn't just say contained, but again, there was a reason we pointed out all of these things in there. We can't accuse God of uh, injustice when actually the injustice was coming from us. We're the rebels. We're the ones who are evil, not God. And it's it's um, it's unfortunate, and I understand why. It's human nature, but it's you know sinful human nature that would accuse an eternal God of of you know who is love, not just who does love, but who is love, of thinking that He would ever act uh, um, outside of our own best interests. But it's not God who is accused of justice. It's us who are unjust. We're the ones that disobeyed Him. We're the ones that rebelled against him. We're the ones that were, you know, God didn't make us commit evil. It was simply inside us. And not just in us. I think that's the whole picture point. It wasn't just here on earth. Where was wickedness also happening? In the heavens. So it's like it's everywhere. So God is like, hey, he's trying to paint the picture for us of how important the ark is. How important now, not just the ark, but if that's Old Testament, now the ark is a picture of Who's the new ark that we have to believe in? Jesus. So in the same way, we can accuse God or talk about uh, injustice in God and saying, well, hey, what happens to these people, these people, and you know, what happened to those? And it's God is like, hey, I provided an avenue, an escape. I provided salvation. Do you accept it or do you not? Does everybody understand? So um, I, I think that's the point that the scripture and the story is, it's historical. This happened. But it's also pointing towards something and teaching us a theological point as well. Does that make sense? Any other questions? I don't want to, I mean. I'm please. still stuck with the sun's wife. Still stuck with what? The sun's wife. Re uh, repeat your question again, please. So, the Bible says that it was Noah, right? Mm -hmm. And 
Yes. Where did these wives come from? From the from the people in the earth. Right, but then they're aren't they naughty by nature? Yes. Or aren't they dirty? Yes. So and so even, aren't we technically not pure? Because then we mix. So that, what was the last part you said? I, I missed that last part. So aren't we pure? Who is we? Like Noah's people. Are they pure? Yeah. No. So that's the whole thing, right? So mm -hmm. if if the whole reason God wanted Noah's family to go because he was like the only family that was like pure. Well, you mean pure from the Nephilim? Right, right, right. Okay, right. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So. So, if Noah is righteous, if I'm righteous and I have three sons, what am I going to be teaching my sons? Righteous. Righteous, yeah. So, I think, and then not only that, we said that this big R word that we keep stressing, God is a what kind of God? Righteous. A righteous God. That was a good one, too. What was the, <laughs> what's the other one we talked about? God's uh, this in earth and his, uh, starts with an F. His family. Oh. His family on in heaven and his family on earth. God is familiar. He's relational. He's relational. So he understands, hey, you know, uh, Noah, yeah, no, I keep thinking Moses. But I think he saves Noah's family because they're attached to Noah. In the same way that we, when we become God's family, he saves us as well. So I have to do with lineage then. It does, I think it does, and it um, it, it does have something to do with lineage. One, we know that, and according to what the scripture is saying, it was Noah's lineage that was protected from the, the Nephilim and their offspring. So I think that was part of it. But also God knew, hey, it's, uh, this is the best of the best that's left in the world. So if we're going to start the world over again, I'm going to start it with the one person who is going to have the best chance of, one, creating a lineage that doesn't have any, you know, you know, mixed blood in it and everything like that, or mixed DNA in it, but also... But it does, though. Say again? Because the wives, where did the wives come You're absolutely right, and so... No, no, I'm not arguing with you. I'm agreeing with you. Sin, oh, okay. sin does not stop because Noah um, and, uh, and his family are saved. We're going to see how sin in the next story... Again, the Bible is, like, repeating this over and over again to show us a point. In the next story, we're going to see how Noah's sons began to act Naughty. Yeah, because again, he, remember now, <laughs> because she is, but no, and it's, it is fine, but sin has not been dealt with at this particular point. God did not deal with sin because sin is what? Is it external or internal? It's internal. And so sin won't be dealt with until uh, Jesus Christ comes and you know nails sin to the cross and everything like that. But again, the Bible is going to spend an entire 39 books of the Old Testament demonstrating how sin, even after God starts with the most righteous man that is left on the earth, how God deals with sin. And, and through we, you know, I'm only here for eight, nine, ten more weeks and everything like that. But we're going to see how sin just begins to not duplicate, but it begins to do what? Multiply. It multiplies. 
And so by the time we finish in the Old Testament, we're going to see all these covenants that God made with people, all the laws that he gave them, all the sacrifices, all the holy days. And it's like, hey, I gave you this. I'm going to set up this. I'm going to set up that. And everything around you saying, hey, these things are good. But the problem is everything around us was good, but internally was, was bad. So then in the end, and I'm just kind of fast forward, fast forwarding to the end, God is saying, hey, I'm no longer going to write my laws. I'm going to no longer going to write my uh, good stuff, holy stuff on tablets of stone, Ten Commandments. Now I'm going to write my law in your heart. I'm going to go after the spider, not after the web. Does that make sense? Sin cannot be dealt with from the outside. It's like taking a bath. You can wash your body, but what's going to happen tomorrow? Dirty. Yeah, try not taking a shower tomorrow. Let's see how that worked out for you. You know what I'm saying? But, again, all we can do, and that's what the Old Testament is about, is about mankind constantly trying to wash ourselves and get rid of sin to no avail. It's not much to do with the water and you got it. God had to go into the source and deal with sin from the inside. So next week, and then uh, I'm going to close out. I want you all, I got, uh, I, uh, I talked thought about it last night. I'm going to do Bible study as long as I can, but in December to get really tough because I'll be clearing and all the other good stuff. And we all know it don't take too long to clear. Um, but uh, I want you all to select, to really think about it and select particular different stories um, from the Old Testament or from Genesis because we won't have enough time to go through all 50 chapters. All right. So there are some key players in Genesis that we need to know and I'll try to fast forward and summarize a lot of stuff to get to those. But just be thinking about it. Um, and just thinking, hey, what do we want to focus on for the last uh, few weeks that we have uh, Bible study? Everybody track? We will. I mean, I can still continue the podcast and everything like that, but y'all better subscribe and listen. We're kidnapping you because you're not going to leave. She keeps speaking that on me. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back, though. But anyway, let's pray. <laughs> why don't you, why don't you pray? You just tell the story. No, I'm serious. I'm coming back. Not in 864, but I'm coming back. Oh, <laughs> Y'all are still people. Most of y'all see me on Sundays and stuff anyway, so y'all know where to find me. You going to another part of base? Yeah. Oh, I thought you was leaving, like, entirely. Never mind. No, I'm leaving there. for six months to go to school and then I'm coming back. Oh, I'm oh you mean, like, like gone? You know what? Let me pray. So she can leave, but I can't leave. You know what see how that is? Naughty by nature. You see what I'm saying? No, she, she can leave, uh -uh. but I can't leave. Uh -uh. When it comes time for her PCS, she ain't going to want to hear nothing about me praying to leave her here. You know. I, I mean, I don't mind being kidnapped. <laughs> and who will close us out in prayer today? Sir, Brandon. Hey! <laughs> <laughs>